This is Campus Voices. Issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. A public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU. Good morning. Welcome to Campus Voices. I'm Rick Alloway, and as always, I thank you for your time on this Sunday morning. Our guest this morning is Nathan Herr, who is the Assistant Director of Alumni Engagement for the Nebraska Alumni Association here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and a proud alum of our College of Journalism and Mass Communications. He's only got about six dozen things going on in his life right now, so that I'd try to get him over here to talk about a few of the things that are going on through his work with the Alumni Association, but also just some other things on campus he's involved in as well. Thank you for being with us. Good morning. Thank you so much, Rick. It's always a glad to talk to you and talk to all of the people. Uh, my name is Nathan He. I graduated from College of Journalism and College of Business back in 2018 with two degrees. And once my degrees, I decided to pursue some careers in advertising and marketing fields. But while I was doing those work as a first-gen international queer BIPOC person in America, I did notice there are some barriers that I need to walk through in order to be hired or in order to be recognized for my work. So i be able to connect with some of my friends who work locally to start our nonprofit organization, Girls Code Lincoln. And through that journey, I have more experience working with nonprofit and also working with activist work and really inspired by what they're doing. So I started to get more involved with uh, human rights, LGBTQA rights, and immigration rights. And eventually it leads me to connect with UNL staff members and faculty members and be introduced to this position. And now, time just passed so fast when you work for university and work with somebody you really enjoy because this is almost my one year anniversary working for the university. So it's a really magical experience for me because as someone who came all the way across the continent to America and pursued a career just by himself, all of a sudden become somebody per to work for the university and also contributing to the community that I belong to, it's definitely something that makes me proud every single day and make me want to get off my bed and you know start doing the work. Well, we're glad you're here. <laughs> so tell us, how did you get here? What brought you to Lincoln, Nebraska? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's... <laughs> It's always something I love talking to people about this one because initially um, my family is British, Chinese, and Japanese. So naturally when we um, grow up, I have a little bit more exposure on diversity and different race, different culture because of that advantage. And well, after I was born in China, I was sent to Japan to receive some education. Unfortunately, it seems like that my personality is not the best fit in uh, Japanese culture during that time. So I was being sent back to China for a boarding school experience. But that is one of my blessings, to be honest, because at boarding school, I got a full scholarship right over there and met some lifetime friends. But the best part is, because a boarding school is a private school, it's not be affiliated in any organization at all. They're able to actually work with a lot of international students in my classroom. So actually, my classmates are from Congo, from Malaysia, from South Korea, and a few of them from Britain as well. So it just makes me really enjoy like learning from each other at the same time. And the best part is every single one of them know how to speak Mandarin, which is just cherry on top. Like You don't expect somebody else from some of those countries who live in mainland China, and it's like the Nebraska of China where I was in at that moment, on a, in a mountain, like middle of nowhere, who just 
pop up and speak fluent Mandarin with you in your classroom. It's just magical. So because of that kind of, you know, advantage that I had, I just decided that maybe it's time for me to go actually to a Western country rather than stay in Asia for my education. But at the same time, I did not come from a wealthy family at all. So one of my main ideas, I need to get a scholarship. And compared to the UK universities and American universities, American University is actually a lot more generous at giving out a scholarship to international student. So I applied quite a few private school and public school only. Eventually, due to some little argument at home, because you know tuition once again, I just decided you know it's the time for me to go with public school only. That's a lot more affordable, and with a scholarship that can be less stress. And the old Nathan at that moment have a beautiful. Uh, daydream almost, that thinking he can become a great accountant one day. So my original major was accounting, and every single school I applied at for the accounting program and UNL is one of the public schools have some top accounting program compared to other universities. Even in Big Ten, we have the top accounting program. So I applied over here. I applied uh, New York State, Albany, and also Alabama State. So. It's all of them are top accounting program. I really love them, and they accepted me. But once again, UNL won again because they gave me the most amount of scholarship, and I just really supported on my entire journey. And I keep telling myself, to be very honest to everybody who's listening, I did not know where Nebraska was. I did not know what Nebraska offers, and that actually excited me more because I was like, wow, I'm gonna go to a brand new state that majority people. In Asia, I don't even know, and I'm gonna learn a skill, learn a knowledge that I really want to learn. That time, I'm gonna be so great. I'm gonna immerse myself in American culture. So why not? So that's kind of reason, you know, it landed me into where I am and landed into the land of the corn. So you started in accounting, but then eventually ended up in advertising and public relations here and yes. business. Yes, kind of like that. So that's also a fun journey because after I came to UNL, when I started doing accounting program, I realized even though I like number, but I don't enjoy every single day surrounded by numbers only. So I decided to pursue some other business-related major at the beginning. I didn't want to switch the major yet, but after I tried marketing, and by that at that time, there's a professor, Professor Kahn, he just so unique how te- how he teaches class and how he approach to students is drastically different than any other professor I interacted at the College of Business by that time, and that kind of inspired me to take more class with him. And the more class I start to take with him, I realized this is something I want to do. This is something that's really intriguing. Get to know about consumer and finding out some better strategy to deal with things. Why not? But while I was doing that, I realized, oh no. I cannot take any class anymore because I did a major transfer. So this whole semester, I can only take one class, and until I finish that class, I cannot take higher level courses anymore. But all of my friends at that time, they're all from College of Journalism, so they decided to brainwash me and keep telling me like, "Hey, <laughs> have you heard about you know ADPR courses before? You should give it a try." And you know what? I believe my friends so much. They they some of the best people in my entire life in America. And I just decided not only I'm gonna take one, 
I'm gonna take four ADPR class in one semester, why not? And that semester, it just, once again, immersed myself in college journalism and all those professors blew my mind. They genuinely use so many real life case and real life experience to teach in class. They give you so many opportunities to do things rather than just like reading books or doing like the homework once again. And on top of that, they will reach out to you after class before you even reach out to them. That don't happen, you yo. That don't happen, especially for somebody else who who been in America for I think by that it's two years already. That's still very rare for me. And by talking to those professors after class, they actually genuinely want to know my story even more. So they invited me to some kind of activities, some organizations, and then sort of introduced me to YAT, to NSAC. And for anybody who don't know NSAC, it's a national student advertising competition. And because of those kind of exposure I had, it made me realize, my goodness, there are so many more opportunities that I can try out if I become one of the members at the College of Journalism. But at the same time, I cannot just drop my major or change my major once again because that would be wasting my credits. At the same time, international scholarships are quite different than domestic students. We have to keep a similar status. And at the same time, we only offer that for four years. So I decided, you know what? If I can keep an on-campus job and an internship at the same time, I'm able to finish two degrees. I'm able to do that. So end of the day, I just decided to keep my marketing as my first major and added ADPR as my second major. And never regret. I genuinely think that's some of the best decisions I ever did as undergrads. And there's a logical connection between those two, so absolutely. it makes sense. Absolutely. It, it's something I always tell people, is like, especially nowadays where it's starting incoming in undergrad students, it is so lucky right now at College of Journalism, so many classes we're offering have cross-pass information opportunity. We, you all not only learn creative ways to write things, creative way to make decisions, creative way to make things happen. You're also offering logistic, scientific, and also statistic way of understanding that. It really prepares you whichever role you want to be. It doesn't matter if you want to work in ad agency, if it doesn't matter if you want to work in production company, or maybe start your own business. Classes nowadays we have really offer you that kind of things that at the very beginning you might not even thought it would be happening. So I like to see the progress. I always enjoy to see the changes, to be honest. So yeah. you graduated after graduation in 2018. You mm. worked in the commercial industry for a while, yes. a for-profit industry for a while. So yes. what was it that led you to the university in the nonprofit setting? Absolutely. So like I briefly mentioned at the very beginning, uh, while I was working for the for-profit, I also volunteer for Girls Code Lincoln, which is a local nonprofit organization. We provide free coding classes to girls uh, from the underrepresented community. And by doing that, it really kind of inspired me and makes me feel more connected because every single time when I see those people being helped and having the opportunity and finally gain the recognition that deserve to receive long ago, it, make me feel happy. Like seeing them achieve something makes me feel happy and then that made me realize, oh, I want to do more of this things. So at the same time, because that organization is so wonderful, we have a lot of amazing volunteers actually work as professors on campus or students over here. And on top of that, some of them work for LPS as well. So that started to help me connect with more people in those industry and at the same time help me connect with more 
activist work and also more volunteer work outside of that. And then I think the final draw that made me made the big switch is unfortunately during the Stop Asian Hate movement time, on my house, my apartment had been vandalized and and also been threatened on the street multiple times, almost every single day when my partner and I were outside. So that made me realize, okay, it's time for me to actually speak up for myself rather than just speak up for somebody else. But that's also one of the first time when I make a decision to speak up for myself, somebody else outside of my connection are also willing to speak up for me. They actually stand up to protect me. They actually step up to walk with us, rally with us as well. And that made me realize, okay, you know what? Because the relationship I built, there is actual movement. There's actual changes that I, that I didn't see, but it's actually happening. So why don't I do more of that? So why was I, so that's the reason I started doing more about international student empowerment, more about immigration empowerment, more about um, race and also LGBT, right? And that's also the reason you and uh, actually invited me to a alumni of color town hall. And during the town hall, I met so many amazing alumni of color who have massive background, who have like diverse work history that I never realized, I never learned that. And they also don't know each other much either because there's not a good connection at the beginning. But during the town hall, everybody get to connect it. Everybody talk about what do they wanted, what they wished to make the changes and everything like that. And it was a really productive conversation. And afterwards, they were talking about what things they want to do and what potentially goal they have. And it's really intrigued me. So I reached out to learn more about it and to get understand about more. And I just learned there is a need for alumni association who eventually want to establish our affinity groups to serve more alumni that hasn't been recognized that often in the past. At the same time, to have someone who have more experience and passion to do that too. So I decided to reach out and I decided to talk to them about this opportunity and the rest is history because it clicked. It really clicked. It's, I offered something they wanted, and they also provided me a stage that I can make decision and action, actually make action for the changes rather than just champion something and there's no action to follow through. So it is, it is a joy, to be very honest, the past 11 and a half months. <laughs> so as Assistant Director for Alumni Engagement, what are the various constituencies that you're currently working with? Yeah, absolutely. So my role is, like I mentioned, is a brand new role. It caters for the needs. So my focus is actually managing our affinity groups, fostering, launching, and eventually sustaining our affinity groups, which, which, which we divided into Alumni of Color Network, and we also have advisory council for alumni color network as well. And we have Pride Alumni Network who also support our LGBTQA community. And we're going to launch this network plus our advisory council at end of May this year with formal announcement across the university, across every single alumni college, and also their company as well. So it's going to be a really amazing news Pride, you know, prior to Pride Month. So it's like, double celebration, I guess. And then we are going to launch our first-gen alumni network as well. We have actually a lot of first-gen alum who wanted to help our first-gen student on campus, 
but because our first gen Nebraska organization is already doing so many amazing work, we think this would be a great opportunity for us to partner together. We can bring you along. We can create the opportunity for alum to give back to students, but at the same time, create a stage for students to connect with alum, to find career opportunity or just mentorship, anything like that. And now it will happen in the late August this year as well. So we're very excited for that. And the last affinity group is our international immigration uh, alumni network as well. So that network is specifically to serve our international alum, international student who might going through different experience and also because it doesn't matter if it's culture shock or just a total language barrier, we want to hear your story. We want to hear your journey and we want to offer something that we didn't realize that's something you needed, but now we realize how can we make the changes? How can we prevent to make the same mistakes of by ignoring that existence? And how can we help you, help them to reconnect with the university too? But that's for that stage, for that program, I personally aiming to launch that May 2024 because something that I learned throughout my entire journey and career path in different industry is you cannot rush things. It's great you have passion to do so many different things, but if you really want to do great, you need to have a plan and you need to have a sustainable way of connecting with people and genuinely have the action and activity and events that will empower them rather than do even for the event purpose. That's a whole different thing. And that's the reason for our alumni card network. We actually, as partner of a multicultural homecoming every year as well. So this year, we're going to also co-host multicultural homecoming. Um, the last week of October, we will host Thursday night award ceremony. Friday, we will host our very first parade ever as alumni of color. So if any one of you students, any one of you along who's listening to this, have interest in to participate in the parade during our homecoming, please do let us know. We would love to invite you to participate as well. And we're going to host our popular drink social mixer hours on Friday night as well. Last year's a big success that people genuinely had so much fun connecting through generations, not just graduating during the same year or graduating during the same, uh, you know, period of time. But people from different generations actually come back and share the story together during the social time last year. Makes them want to do that again. So very excited for the Multicultural Homecoming. And as for our Pride Alumni Network, I'm so proud of them as well because not only we will launch this and support our students, they already had present last year during our Pride in the Workplace event, which is an event that helps students to understand what are some companies that are actually inclusive enough that you should consider and help them to connect with different professionals in the industry to understand the queer experience in the workforce and queer experience in the industry. How can they navigate through that too? But also they have great presence at the 15-year anniversary, uh, LGBTQ anniversary dinner as well. We're also going to be present at Lincoln Pride in June this year. and. This is something we're just generally happy about it. We really appreciate universities offer this opportunity to all the participants. But we're also going to actually co-host, which is Alumni Association and Pride Alumni Network. We're going to co-host Omaha Pride for the first time ever in July. 
because Omaha Pride is something that university hasn't participated in the past. But we, I participated last year representing the Nebraska Alumni Association, and I noticed there are so many amazing alum out over there wanting to connect with us, waiting to see the president of the university, waiting to see the president of the network to be over there. And I also have the overwhelming amount of high school students stop by my booths and asking a lot of questions about admission, asking a lot of questions like, I'm a queer high school student, I'm an LGBTQA member of my high school, I'm interested in UNL, but what else UNL is offering for, to protect me, to support my identity, to support my journey? And I can only answer the question that I'm experiencing. So that's the reason this year I also try to invite a different center, different college, and different department to join me through this parade and also booths hosting as well because I want to offer this opportunity for, for those students, for those high school students, for those alumni. But at the same time, offer those opportunities for our university, you know, to let them know, like, this is a great stage for you. If, if you genuinely want to grow, genuinely want to make a change, genuinely want to be more inclusive and supportive, be there for them, stand in front of them, and answering the question that will support them as well. So that are some big programs that I'm working with with my affinity group. And then last part would be I'm also managing the commencement. So every single year during commencement, I will also manage the volunteer. So if any one of you who's listening or graduating this semester, you will see my face again in May during either graduate commencement or undergraduate commencement. So I want to congratulate you early for that purpose. Um, you mentioned a couple of key words that I want to go back and touch mm. on. One was uh, connections, and the other was sharing. Mm. And I know from having listened to a variety of international groups and, and uh, different ethnicity groups on campus that one of the real challenges that those students feel is isolation. And yes. that I get here and there's nobody that looks like me. There's nobody that has the same background that I have, that has the same anxieties that I have, that has the same language that I have. And these kinds of opportunities that you're talking about are community building, which to Absolutely. me is just so critical to somebody saying, I feel welcome, I feel valued, I feel like I have a contribution to make. And I frequently tell all of my classes when I get up on my own soapbox, look, the world needs every one of you. You know, everybody's, everybody's got to step up and perform right now because we have challenges as a, as a global society mm. that require all of us to be able to feel like we have a contribution to make and that our contribution will be both welcomed and embraced. And the kinds of things you're doing here, I think, are great in building that foundation for people to say, I am seen, I am welcomed, I am valued. And uh, that, to me, just seems incredibly valuable. Thank you. See, everyone, that's the reason we love Rick so much over here. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Honestly, like, the reason I, I love talking to Rick and love talking to a lot of faculty members that call the journalism is, is because of the reason you all realize the gap between international student and domestic student. You all realize the queer student experience difference. You realize students of color's experience, and you try to fill the gap for them. You try to provide the equity that wasn't there, but they deserve to have long ago. That's what I want to see our faculty and staff members step up for our students and for our alumni. Because you cannot be a happy alumni unless you had a good experience as a student. This is, these two are connected together. So a lot of people just come to me saying like, oh, 
you, the reason you reach out to me is to ask for money. That's not even in my job description. So just like I described it, my job is to help you reconnect with the university, help them to realize they are something over there that they can support those students too. So having more people like you, having more people who have that kind of mindset really will make a big difference, especially during today's political environment and everything's changing. We need to be more adaptive. At the same time, we need to offer new ways to make them feel this is the right place for them. Like for me, once again, it's talking about me is the very first time when I came to Nebraska, and I just wrote an article on the magazine summarizing my 10-year journey as well. So if anybody want to read it, feel free to grab a copy of Nebraska Quarterly. And I was so, I was in a shock, to be very honest, because I come from a mega city. So even though my family is not wealthy, but my city is really wealthy. So I see skyscrapers. I see like 4 a.m. in the morning, you can go out and buy food and go to supermarket at 4 a.m. too, and safely by yourself. I walk to class a mile and a half every single morning as a six-year-old kid to my elementary school and without any fear at all because we feel supported and safe enough. So that's what I was expecting. I was, that's something I was hoping. So my f- flight took off from, from my city to Beijing and then from Beijing to uh, Hawaii, Honolulu. That's my f- very first land. I was so thrilled because when the airplane landed, I was like, oh, my God, so many people of color, so many AAPI over there. This is America I love. This is America I expected to see. Let's go. And then the plane take off and it landed in Chicago, which definitely you can see the, the population change. But at the same time, you can still see quite a lot of diverse people over there too. And it's Chicago. It's beautiful architects and beautiful experience in a lot of, you know, landscapers and everything like that. So I was telling myself, yes, you made the right decision. Midwest, let's go. Even though some people don't consider it as Chicago's Midwest, I technically still consider that as part of it. But then when my airplane's ready to land in Lincoln, Nebraska, not even Omaha Airport, because I chose to land in Lincoln Airport, I was in a shock because I was like, why everything is so plain? There is no tall building except our Capitol building at that time. There is nothing. Why is it so flat? What is happening? So when the airplane actually landed, I realized the airport is so tiny. I I wasn't ready, to be honest. But then when I get out of the uh, airport, we actually have international student welcome team, which is actually super sweet, you know? Especially not every single international student will have an amazing language uh, skill at that moment. So that actually helped a lot of people out. But then critical thinking of me once again started to have a learned light up because everybody at my international student welcome team are white. There is no student of color on that team. And to me, I was like, what is happening? Isn't this international student welcome team? Shouldn't somebody look like me or at least feel my culture, come here to welcome me? And what is all happening? But I give the benefit of the doubt because everybody are genuinely so supportive and loving. And so that how, that's how I kick off my first semester until the mid-sometime semester. I was taking a class that's required for all international students to take. And I... I understand. I'm just telling you the story in a good heart because I, once again, I want to give the benefit of the doubt to that individual because I think that person is generally trying to be inclusive, but 
use the wrong words, or at least use the wrong approach. So I was in the class with a student, and they are domestic student. They they are in there because they want to support the international student for the class. And then they approached to me <laughs> and asked a question, saying like, "How you feel? How you doing? Everything like that." And it was perfect. All of a sudden, they asked question. I bet it's the first time for you to see black student in the class, right? I. I was speechless. I lost my word. I don't know how to answer. Then I I was so furious at the same time too because if you pay attention to what I discussed earlier, my high school classmates are actually from Congo. So in my head, I was like, "Are you playing with me at this moment?" Because I'm pretty sure for someone who grew up in that environment, I see more student and classmates of color than you saw in your small town in your classroom. So. What you're trying to ask, I kind of understand it because you're trying to make me feel like I don't have a culture shock. But the delivery, it's so insensitive and it's so mind-bothering. So, so eventually, I just basically answer the questions normal. But it definitely caused a little scene for me because, but at that time, I still have a very thick, like Asian British accent. So if people ever been to Singapore. That's accent I was using. It's basically half British accent and half Asian accent in same time. But so people are always questioning, like, where are you actually from? Da da da, like that. So those type of question, which is really, really insensitive, to be very honest, and kind of xenophobic in a way. But also, there's so many nice people who generally just want to know you too. So, so they give me a mixed feeling at the very beginning. Until 2017, I was physically assaulted outside of Cell Lake, right across an old pond hole at a traffic light on a Thursday night, and nobody, nobody helped me at all. I have to lay on the concrete floor just by myself for 20 minutes until I wake up myself. And thank God, I actually remember to call the police and actually report the case. So now I actually have a case. About this experience, otherwise people would be thinking I'm just joking about that. I was just faking it, but because of that experience, even though I was hoping I don't have to go through that, that that shutdown stage of my you know international journey, that forced me to shut down because it made me feel like I'm not welcomed here anymore. I'm not supported over here, and people generally don't care about me. Like, why would you? To see somebody lay on the ground with blood on on his nose and just walk away, why is that okay for for people to do that? And and so so I decided to move to a different dorm first of all, and then that's the very first time I decided to go back home to China, and just stay my entire summer over there and went through some counseling, went through some、uh, therapy as well. But one thing my Counselor forced me to do, and today I still appreciate her for 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 giving that suggestion. She says, "If you want to finish your education, go back earlier. I suggest to go back to school earlier, and force yourself to get a job on campus. Force yourself to be around people, but be around people at a at a level that you feel safe enough, and see if you can immerse yourself one more time." And if that still doesn't fit you, we can talk about it next time when we, when when you are home again. So I actually came back during summertime one month before school start, and I actually landed a job working at convenience store. 
And because of that, uh, that job, I was able to move into my new dorm at Courtyard earlier. And those two RA till today, I still love them so much. We're still friends on social media. We don't hang out very often in person anymore, just because everybody have different life. But I still send them New Year message to them because they are the one who changed my actual life. They decided to welcome me one month earlier than everybody else, and started taking me out to hang out in Lincoln, hang out. In their house, hang out with their friends every single week. At the very beginning of the first two weeks, this every single day, and I told them I can't. I have a job to do. I I love you so much, but I literally have to do my job. But that's how genuine they are. They they are willing to sit in our dormitory couch and just listen to me ramble for like four or five hours about my experience, and then they're willing to share their. Elementary school, middle school, high school story with me for like days and days, and we don't even think about eating. We generally just sit over and talk to each other because we have so much fun. We care about each other so much, and they are Sydney and Mark Jr. Those are the two people that I adore them so much. And then not only that, working at a convenience store, I have to talk to people more often, right? And that actually start to force me to try to see why. Why those some students when they stop by buy things, they will act a little bit differently than some other people. So this kind of interaction and people watching experience also help me a lot. But once again, it's mostly because Cindy and Mark because they eventually decided to introduce me to RHA, which is student housing opportunity. Decided to introduce me to a lot of student government on campus, and once again introduced me to Greek house and Greek system as well. And those are so brand new. For international student, it's not because we don't care, we don't like it. It's not. It's because we are not introduced by people that we trust, by people in a way that actually intriguing for us. Were we never in- mentioned those opportunity? Probably we did. Probably we, somebody came to our international orientation or something in the class came here and talk about things. But are they describing things in such a impersonal, like a personal, but also? Approachable way? No, not at all. Because they didn't understand how we should feel, so they just deliver it just like they think everybody else should listen to that too. So that's the reason I decided to try out the things they recommended me, even though they might already been introduced by somebody else in the past too. And I also being inspired by them, so I decided to become someone like them. So I become the very first openly queer. Asian international RA for non-international student. I work for Eastside Suites, and I had the best two years over there as RA as well, and able to work with a lot of my students and tell them about different Asian culture and different international student experience of them, and encourage my students to talk to other international students live on the same floor or even just live in the same building too to create those kind of program, and also create our very first like. Chat box in WeChat, so our Chinese student and especially incoming Chinese international student, they don't have to ask university for question. They can just ask question in our chat box, and we will automatically reply them with the answer that that they can do. And that's created by me and some of my friend who now work in Google. Well, technically, he just changed his job to Meta about like two weeks ago. So congrats to him. But we created that. Nobody else gave us opportunity to do that. Nobody else. On campus, support us to do that, but we did that because I was inspired by my experience as a victim, but also as a lucky person who have those two friends 
who want to help more people and make me want to help more people to do those things. And that's the reason I joined Yacht. That's the reason I joined NSAC. And that's the reason I lead NSAC eventually rather than just join as a member. Because I realize if I want more people to care about people look like me or act like me, then I need to be in the spotlight. This is something that Asian international students are not familiar with. It's not about comfort level at all. It's just what, unfortunately, what we've been, been taught that, hey, if you do good work, you'll always be recognized or you don't have to force yourself in the spotlight. But that's different. In American culture, even in my grandma's side, which is a British culture as well, is if you did good things, you let people know and you, you definitely be there to be recognized for it. So once I have the mentality switch and have the experience switch, I just decided to put me out over there. Why not? I am representing Yacht. I am representing University Competing. I am representing my entire RHA you know, group. And then, yes, I'm representing the honorary uh, Drake House as well. So why not be in the spotlight and tell more story? Let more international students know there is some opportunity over there exist. And let more international students who haven't even come to Nebraska to know, hey, why, when you come here, here are some group you can join in besides international student organization. Here are, if you're interested in instrument, let me introduce you to Jazz in June. Let me introduce you to this. We already provide that information before any university's department provides that, even the global study, who, hasn't, who still hasn't provided the opportunity, but we are providing that already to them because I know how important it is as a student who went through that journey. And I'm glad more and more people are actually doing that nowadays because, <laughs> to be very honest, I don't have that much time to do all the things I used to do because I also have to put my energy into what I can do at this moment for, for all the groups I'm managing and supporting. So I'm so glad to see there's still so many international students that are doing the thing, same things that I was doing and doing even better. They are so amazing. And there's so many more LGBTQA students who become the shining star of the university. And there's so many amazing alumni of color who are being recognized for the amazing work and being featured where they deserve to be featured long ago as well. So. That, that's a journey, you know, that's a journey, that's experience that I had. And also, <laughs> that's the reason I want to stay too. I, want, I think there's more things I can contribute to, to my community here. And also, I found my love here too, so why not? <laughs> All the more reason. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Love well, helps. <laughs> you know, you, you came here to learn, but I think in many ways, we have learned a lot from you as well, from your willingness to... Give as much of yourself and be as involved as you as you are. And I did not know the story about your assault, and so uh, I'm I'm glad you came back. I, I'm glad your therapist gave you that suggestion and that you took her up on it. And uh, you obviously are keeping very busy with the alumni association. Do you have, do you have time to sleep at all? I mean, I've, looking at the list of things you're you're involved in and running, it's 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 an astonishing schedule, Nathan. So I'm guessing you don't want to hear that I'm also taking two classes at the same time. My, my, yes, my, 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 I'm my. taking a graduate class from College of Journalism because I'm doing our certification over here, which you should take definitely give a try. <laughs> I'm taking a data data mining class with Professor Brian. He's incredible, and this type of special topic class is exactly once again I love about this university and love about this college. 
there's so many unique classes that's being offered that actually directly connect you with what the industry wanted the most. They prepare you to become that talents, and I want to be that kind of person. Do I really want to work in that field? Maybe not. But do I want to have the knowledge and skill set? Absolutely, yes. Mm. So I'm taking that, and also taking a MBA course at the same time. Wow. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you making time to come talk with us today because I know there's a lot going on in your schedule and we, we value the chance to get to chat with you a little bit. So come back often and talk more about what's going on. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Our guest today on Campus Voice is Nathan He, who's the Assistant Director of Alumni Engagement for the University of Nebraska's Alumni Association. I'm Rick Alloway. This has been Campus Voices. And as always, I thank you for your time this Sunday morning. This has been Campus Voices, issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To comment on this program, call 402-472-3054 or email to krnu at unl.edu. Campus Voices is a public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU, Lincoln. Lincoln.